1: Too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.comslash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalmacom slash therapy thirty.
0: Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. Kind of a mixed bag in the defensive end too, Matt. It was uh you know, really good penetration from the D line. I mean, they held Aaron Rodgers at just over 200 yards passing. But I mean, this is a guy that's going to walk into Canton, obviously, when his after his um, career is over. But too much on the ground. Now it reminded me a bit of. Do you remember? <laughs> excuse me. Do you remember the um, the COVID game that was moved in Buffalo against the Kansas City Chiefs when the Bills just said, "Hey, we're not going to let Mahomes beat us, and and we're just going to let you run." And the Chiefs just. They ran all over the bills that night, like 250 or 260 something yards. It was crazy. Wasn't to that degree, but it felt like the Bills said, Hey, if you want to keep doing that, that's fine. They kept their safeties back. We're just not going to let Aaron Rodgers beat us. And unfortunately though, that did allow the Packers to run really well. They had a very good night running the football, but it just, it never, um, never materialized into the kind of production for them. I think they have to be better at stopping the run, but I do think there were circumstances of why they were able to run so well.
1: Yeah, I agree. And one of the clips that has resurfaced on social media in the last twelve hours or so after the game is that video. Do you remember it was from NFL Films? And it was Butler talking to that's the passing game coordinator, defensive back. John Butler. John Butler, he was talking to the bench, and he says the exact quote is: we don't care about yards, we care about points. Mm -hmm. I think it was against the Steelers. So it was the Steelers moving the ball down the field, and somebody shared it again yesterday. And it was just like we do not care that they are moving the ball down the field and they're taking up these chunk plays. We care about points. So I think their mentality bend, but don't break is way too overused. But I really do think situational football, they're sitting there with a 17 point lead in the second half. And they're like, why are they continue? Even Von Miller said it yesterday. He was I was shocked at how little they were dropping back with yeah. Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. He said he even said something to Rodgers about it. So I think from the Bill standpoint, yeah, they need to be better stopping the run. But I also think it's situational because I think it's a little bit if you give them a little bit and they keep doing it, then you're like, okay, let's just keep letting them get these right. four, five, six yard gains and take forty seconds off the clock every time that they want to run a play. And then by the time that they're going to get down the field. There's not going to be any time left. I mean, that's the thing that was so ridiculous. Yeah. Like they, what were the they Packers were,
0: doing? I, I have no like, idea. I don't get it.
1: They took over. They took over after the, I don't remember if it was after the Tyler Bassfield goal in the second half. I think it was after the Tyler Bassfield goal. I think that made it 27 to, I think at the time it was 27 to 10. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, 2710. So it's 2710. They take over. I think there's like six minutes left in the third quarter. They take all of the rest of the time off in the third quarter. Then they take a minute off into the fourth quarter. And that's where they went for it on fourth and one. And they didn't get it on the great play by Taron Johnson. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're down 17 points right now. And you just let seven minutes bleed off the clock and you didn't get a point. Like that is so egregious. You know, if you, if you, if you're throwing it and you throw a quick interception or whatever, like, okay, at least you were trying to get back into the game. But when you're just taking all that time off the clock and then you ultimately
0: don't get any points, that's bad. Hey, Aaron Rodgers too. Right. I mean, like, you know, you would think at some point they would have done what Von Miller suggested and Hey, drop back, throw the ball. But uh, they were willing. It was almost like, it was almost like they wanted to kind of get out of there. Okay. Well, uh, things aren't going really well. And um, they kind of just, not wave the white flag necessarily, but necessarily, but I, I don't know. I didn't understand the game plan by the Packers. And you know, I think they wound up hurting themselves. Like you said, now that said the run defense, not great. It was, you know, obviously some circumstances, like I said, not, not that the bills were loading up. I think if the bills. Look, I'll put it this way. If the bills were down in the game. They would have put an extra safety down there. They would have tried to stop that run. They were thinking, Hey, we're just not going to get beat deep, not going to get, give up the, uh, the points. But when they did throw the ball, boy, the interior of the defensive line, Tim Settle, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, those guys had a night uh, getting after Aaron Rodgers and, and forcing him into some quick throws. This was the Tim Settle game. We heard from Von Miller
1: after the game, and he was talking about how earlier this week, or excuse me, earlier last week, Tim Settle was talking about how he wanted a breakthrough, how he felt like he wasn't making enough plays and how he wanted to make his impact felt. And he certainly did that yesterday. You know, he had his best game as a bill yesterday. Jordan Phillips is just... I can't believe the success that this guy is having with the team. And I can't believe after watching him leave and kind of fizzle out in Arizona and not live up to the expectations of the contract that he signed, how they were able to get him back. He just brings that defense, a different edge, mm-hmm. a different mentality. And I know he's more of a rotational depth guy, but they love him. I mean, the most Petty, awesome thing happened yesterday. So after the incomplete pass to Diggs over the middle, I think it was in the fourth quarter, Jair Alexander is doing his celebration, which is like him putting a sword in a holster, basically. And he's basically like standing over Diggs, and he did that twice. Well, on the next play, or maybe two plays later, Matt Milano gets the interception, and Jordan Phillips looks to see that the ball is intercepted. He stands up directly goes to the Packers sideline and finds where the defense is and just starts doing the exact same celebration. And I was just like, oh my God, I was like, that might rub people the wrong way. I love it. I love petty. I love these guys are (laughs) competitors and like the same thing with the digs and Jair Alexander stuff. There were people before the game who were like, oh, he's in his head. He can't play like that. He needs to be smarter. Blah, blah, blah. Talking about Stefan Diggs, Yo, Shut up. (laughs) Like that is the best when these dudes start chirping at each other and then they actually go out there and they execute. I mean, they were both fired up for the game and they both played really good games. Like Jerry Alexander had a strong night. Stefan Diggs also had a strong night. So I know they were both making their comments after the game that were just outstanding. It was basically like a soap opera that was happening in the locker room and the press conference room. It was
0: great. I I heard, uh, I I mean, I, I was in the uh, locker room and, with some other guys, I did not hear immediately what Stefan Diggs said. He said he didn't know who started it, but he finished it. Jair Alexander said um, he told Stefan Diggs, You can't mess with me, and called him a little boy or something like that. Yes, yes. I, look, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I know that I'm maybe biased here a little bit, but. Jair Alexander sounded pretty selfish after the game to me. Like, what are you talking about, dude? You just lost by 10 points and Stephon Diggs went for over hundred yards. I don't care. It wasn't against you. That's the way it sounded to me. Like he's saying, well, it wasn't against me, right? Like, what are you talking about, man? It's bad. It's bad. It's a, like, I just think it's a bad look yeah. for him. I think it's, I think it's a
1: worse look for the entire team that they get an interception down 17 and they sprint down to the end zone <laughs> and they do their whole celebration thing I get it. It's the NFL. Even Von Miller was like, listen, it's the NFL. You need to produce when you make a big play, you should be able to celebrate the big play. I just think in that setting, if the bills were down 17 points to a team and insert player here, recovered a fumble or got an interception and they run down the field and they celebrate and they still lose, people would be criticizing that person. rightfully So, so yeah, that, that was a weird one to me, but I just love it. I mean, it's great for us. I mean, Stefan Diggs did a five-minute press conference after the game. It was must-see TV. Now, you needed to have the delay ready because he probably cursed like 20 times during that five-minute press conference. But my goodness, was it good?
0: I'm um, glad you brought up you're know, getting an interception because the Bills did have one that came from Matt Milano. He almost had two, actually, both very similar on tip balls. But Matt once again, was tremendous. Tremaine Edmonds led all time. He had sixteen tackles, I think overall, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, which was incredible. The linebackers are are both having really good years, but just want to focus on Matt Milano for a second. I think he deserves all pro consideration, not pro Bowl, even. I think he deserves all pro consideration the way he's played this year, Matt. He's
1: really good. He's a game changer. He's all over the field. And the thing that stands out about Milano, this is not a knock on Tremaine Edmonds because Tremaine Edmonds is still the most polarizing player on the Bills team. Some people think that he's great. Some people think that he's terrible. But Matt Milano has always had the knack for, for making splash plays, mm-hmm. for making big tackles, for losses, for mm-hmm. making interceptions, for forcing for all that stuff. He's always had a knack for it. And it's truly impressive because after a while, you realize that it's not just right place, right time. It's not just luck because it continues to happen. This has been his entire career. Matt Milano is really good. I think Matt Milano is probably the most underrated player on the Bills defense. I think when you're a visiting team, when you're an outside fan base and you're looking at the Bills, you probably think of, okay, they've got Von Miller. They've got Tredavious White. They've got really good safeties with, you know, Micah Hyde when he's there and Jordan Poyer. A lot of people know about Tremaine Edmonds around the league. I don't think the average fan in random NFL cities know who Matt Milano is, but they should because he's that good.
0: Yeah, he had a really strong game. The Bills did have a uh, a negative come out of this game on the injury side, and that is Jordan Poyer uh, once again hurting his elbow after the game. He told us in the locker room, same elbow that he hurt in the preseason slash training camp, not same injury though. He said he had an x-ray and also an MRI. He'll get those test results, the MRI results on Monday. Now, Matt and I are recording this on Monday, by the way, happy Halloween to everybody (laughs) recording this on Monday. By the time people listen to this, they might know more of Jordan Poyer's situation than we know as we're sitting here right now, but that's a big blow. He did actually play with the injury for a couple of plays before he came out, had it wrapped Matt. This gets us to, you know, what this team does over the next several weeks, we have Tredavious white situation, which that'll help no matter what getting Tredavious white back, but they might be even thinner now in safety. It was all the talk was about corner for so long. It might be safety. We have to see what's going to happen with Jordan Poyer. Will he miss any time at all? How much time will he miss if that's the case? And should the team maybe look to replace him in some way at the trade deadline, it's not depends. replace him. Let, let me rephrase that add to their safety depth at the trade deadline. It depends
1: because By the time the trade deadline happens, the Bills should have an outlook on Jordan Poyer's injury timeline if he's going to miss any time, if he's going to miss significant time, whatever it happens to be. If he is, let's say he's going to miss more than a couple games, then I think that immediately makes safety that much more of a priority. And that has nothing to do with these next couple games. It has more to do with okay, you have one safety who's already missing the entire year. You have another safety who's been banged up multiple times this year. It's just kind of a fail safe for if it does happen down the road in the playoffs and it's too late to make a play. So I think it would be nice to just have a nice veteran safety in your back pocket because you like Demar Hamlin, you like Jaquan Johnson. But after that, that's when you really would get concerned if one of those guys were to go down. I mean, you've already had a lot of safety injuries this year. So I still think, If you're looking for somebody who's going to come in and make an immediate impact, it's probably a skill position guy or an offensive lineman. But I do think it would be wise of them to try and take a late draft pick and go out and find a veteran safety who might be on an expiring contract or might be on a team that's not very good. Add him and they can be your, let's say, one B to a healthy Jordan Poyer. If Jordan Poyer is your one, a then DeMar Hamlin in that safety could be your one B. And you could almost probably do some sort of rotation. Like you've done with the cornerbacks all year, just to make sure that they're fresh, healthy. And then you play the best two in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I want to have so much faith in Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier's defense because they're so good at this spot, right? They're so good at, keeping things in front of them and not allowing the big play. But we have seen two big plays now between Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson. And if they're going to be in the playoffs against a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow teams that can, you know, obviously with great quarterbacks, but it doesn't matter Tua, right. I mean, like we saw that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that, 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 that concerns me. So we'll see. I mean, there are some options here, which we can get to here in our last segment of it's always game day in Buffalo following the bills, 27, 17 win over the Packers.